Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Talsha, and welcome back to the Talking Blarney podcast, where we wade through the Blarney to tell you about the real Ireland. My name is Sure McNamara, and I'm here with my co-host, and Mokara, Rob Cross. Dave. Or do you, do you go with? <laughs> uh, a, a Stuart. His name is kind of the same in Irish, I suppose. But, um, <laughs> phonetically, anyway. Hey, guys. Good to, good to hear you all. Um, yeah, nice nice to be back. We've had, um, Jesus, we, we've had some weather over the last day. Not, not even weeks, do Day, isn't it? Yeah, it's been, let's say, you know, hectic. Uh, it's gone from sun to wind and rain to hailstones in a matter of minutes. We got a bit of sleet out here as well, um, along with the hailstones. But like it, it it's crazy weather, and we we have like a gale force eight winds uh, to be expected um, tonight, I believe. What more could you want? Yeah, but of course, like nice day to be indoors drinking. Yeah, but of course, the climate isn't changing, Stu. That's just a load of made up crap. So no, 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 that's no, fine. No. We're, we're, we're okay. Unimaginable, unimaginable. Unimaginable now. Try to, to burn some more turpentine out the back, I'll tell you. That'll do it. <laughs> Whatever plastics you have, you know, it's, it's all good for burning. Yeah, get those nice fridges now with the CFCs in it and uh, there's a load of aerosol cans. Um, and leaded petroleum. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I suppose we'll skip over the other stuff that happened in the news in Ireland this week is all of it's incredibly sad and we'd, we'd rather not dwell on it too long, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, it's been a bad week, but we'll jump right into Uniquely Irish, where this week we're going to talk a little bit about wolves in Ireland. Yes. Now, we kind of discussed before about the animals that we do have, and I did mention, you know, it is surprising that we don't have any... Uh, any predators really beyond like you know badgers maybe but uh in the past we did have wolves didn't we We sure did um not like in our childhood it's fair to say that several several hundred years ago (laughs) (laughs) yeah that would have been a bit more worrying we we, we should just be like it's like oh yeah that fellow wolf walkers 100 accurate sure so you remember we went down to kill kenny we went in there met the wolf walkers and one of them bit you and then you you went to sleep and then a wolf jumped at me and was like oh it's do that was great wasn't it (laughs) <laughs> well Rob maybe we'd still have 32 counties if we could all turn into wolves <laughs> we'll get back to that later <laughs> yeah but wolves, wolves are extinct in Ireland now there are as as as, as is uh, commonly ridiculed the, the leader of the Green Party Eamon Ryan who's he's in government now he's Minister for the Environment and Transport I think he's got communications thrown in there as well so whether podcasting falls under his remit I'm on, I'm uncertain Stu but he's been talking for years. Well, he'll have to be listening. He'd have, he's just up there. And I was like, oh, Rob finally gave me a shout out. That's that's pretty good. Eamon, you're going to do your job. No, no, I won't be doing that. <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's talked for years about reintroducing wolves into Ireland. And it, it, it's to the point where like it's, you know, people take the piss out of the Green Party by saying like, oh, they're like, you know, they're only interested in like electric cars, bicycles and reintroducing wolves. So it, it's you know, uh, whether or not that's going to happen, I don't know, Stu, but they have successfully re- reintroduced eagles um, and other species of birds into Ireland. So I guess they could. Yeah, I mean, like it, it's an interesting concept because obviously 
you have uh, Yellowstone as the kind of the big showcase of how it works yeah. and what happens. I know like in Ireland, we do have like we're almost full to capacity in terms of uh, deer and other animals that the, the wolves uh, would be killing. So it's hard to know what it would do, whether it'd be a good thing. I know obviously we have, as we've spoken before, a lot of um, a lot of farm animals yeah. that are just kind of basically left to roam in large areas of land sheep and and cows and that and what how that would be affected obviously you don't want to be reintroducing something and then you know all of the sheep are dead rather than the deer because they're much easier to catch yeah i think that would be kind of an issue like even if you introduce them in say one area of the country or something um yeah animals do tend to move around and it could spread and that could cause an issue like plus you know like there's a lot of deer in the phoenix park in dublin which is like a big park and Dublin City and it's like imagine a bunch of wolves there Stu it's just like you're you're walking around Parkgate Street back from the pub and a wolf jumps out of a bush in front of you <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just walk into the park and you get a you get issued a handgun to to wander around with just in case it's just it's just, it's just like in that uh, documentary Werewolves of London Stu you know <laughs> American Werewolf in, American oh, yeah, Werewolf similar, in London very yeah. similar <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah I mean you know like it's it's Hard to know whether it's a good or bad thing that they went extinct here. I know uh, it was Cromwell himself who kind of started it off back in the 1600s, I believe it was. He basically issued a, a declaration against them because uh, they were, you know, killing sheep and various other livestock. I actually have up the declaration that he issued for it. So it says, for every bitch wolf, six pounds. For every dog wolf, five pounds. For every cub, which prayeth for himself 40 shillings for every suckling cub, 10 shillings. Mm, there you go. So that's pretty much it. Uh, so you can see that, you know, they were really in for getting rid of them. Absolutely. Well, they did a good start. Uh, but I think it was 1786 yeah. that they finally became extinct. The last one was killed in Mount Leinster in Carlow. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, Oliver Cromwell doing something else bad for Ireland. Um, shock horror, but uh, yeah, it, 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 I suppose it's a shame, but at the same point, we don't really know what we're missing with the lack of ones. I think so. Would have Ireland have progressed differently if there were wolves here? I I don't know. Um, it's 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 quite it's quite hard to say. It's like, what if we still had wolves yeah. and the, the 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 giant Irish deer with was like ten feet, you know, diameter uh, horns or whatever they are. You know, <laughs> how, how would things have been different to? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it's hard to predict like butterfly effect that not having wolves had versus what it would have had. And um, just having this side, you'd have to imagine it wouldn't be too yeah. huge. I mean, I know maybe there we'd have government statistics for the, the odd death by wolf, I suppose. Um, and then obviously uh, livestock and that. I'm just having like the idea in my head now of like, um, like like the Irish army with like a a, a cavalry brigade made up of like giant deer, like they're riding the giant deer instead of horses. So <laughs> that'd be great. So you see them like <laughs> charging at you and like with a bunch of wolves up the, coming up the sides, you'd, you'd bloody run away, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, that would be great. Unfortunately, we, we will never see it in our lifetime. But yeah, I mean, you know, the, the wolves were a huge thing. And then to combat them, we had the Irish wolfhounds. Yes, we did which I suppose the, the current one isn't really the historic one because I think the, the Irish Wolfhound actually went extinct. And then in like, was it the 19th century? Someone kind of crossbred a bunch of dogs to kind of 
bring a version yeah. of it back, but it's actually it's much not the bigger. original one. But it's it's kind they kind of put a bunch of dogs together and was like, right, I'll just I'll I'll, I'll get there in the end, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, just looking into like the history of it, you know, like, apparently it was a, a a fucking fantastic dog. You know, uh, I think the Romans were sent some to like fight in the Colosseum, and like apparently they did very well. Much smaller, as I said. I mean, I think the the wolfhound is is it the largest dog breed? It's, it's got to be one up there. Maybe in terms yeah, of yeah, I don't really know. Maybe like a, a a Great Dane or something like that might be bigger. Or yeah, I think they can be even bigger than yeah. that. Uh, I know for one thing, anyway, there is at least one Irish Wolfhound in Limerick. Yeah, I've seen, seen. Uh, the owners walking them a few times. It's it's just a small is, horse. Yeah. Like the thing is massive. They're very, they're very, they're very loyal dogs. I remember there was a lad down the market in Limerick when I was a lot younger. He used to have one. He, like he just basically you'd go up and rub it and take a picture with like a Polaroid, and he'd charge you like a pound. And you know, we we loved it. I, I loved it. He was, but he was very very sweet dog. Like even though he was like bigger than me almost when I was quite young, you know, he very timid dog. He said, "No, rub it. It won't hurt you." And he would, and he'd lick you and everything. And he was just a very, you know, very kind of calm dog. And he'd just be there standing, you know, people like walking around, hundreds of people, and he'd just be very calm. So yeah, um, very very nice dogs. Yeah, it just I was looking into it, and you know, it does seem that you know they are quite calm dogs. But at the same time, you know, if them or their master is in danger, like they'll turn on a button and just they're they're deadly then i mean obviously the original version of the wolfhound was basically bred to protect families and livestock from wolves in ireland back when you know we were mostly forest land but even now you know they're still vicious when they need to be yeah well there's nothing strictly wrong with that i mean a good guard dog is um yeah oh, of course not especially you know if they were to be used more as like a farm yeah. dog say yeah. for foxes and whatnot but like even, you know, I was watching one video and I was kind of going through all the, the, the social dynamics for the, the wolfhound and stuff. And it's like, oh, yeah, a wolfhound could easily best like a, a pit bull and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, pretty good dog. So, and of course, <laughs> you know. on, on, on this show, we're not advocating for dog fighting or animal cruelty of any sort or even hunting. We're not, I don't think myself or Stu are really in, into that type of thing. No, neither of us like no. that. So just, just to be clear here, we're not saying no. to do this don't fight dogs dogs are lovely creatures they're our friends we both have dogs who are substantially substantially smaller oh, like, so, <laughs> just to be clear here i think what i was doing was more yeah. like comparing because a lot of people you know they see like the, the the pit bull and dogs like that as kind of you know the toughest yeah. but like just in terms of sheer strength and and ability to protect someone against say a wolf yeah. or a fox or whatever the irish wolfhound kind of has mm-hmm. everything beat i'm sure you could you know remember that game like ultimate epic ba- battle simulator where you could like make so i think you get like <laughs> one you get like i think you might be able to get like wolves versus other animals in that um yeah you just have to call ah, it yeah, wolfhound. right so we'll leave it there on the the sad history of wolves in ireland and we'll jump into the movie for the week which is the oscar nominated yes. wolf walkers so this is is this our first animated movie that we've done? Um, I think it might bar- be. like movie. Yes, obviously we've done like The Simpsons and other animated TV shows, but like yeah, we haven't. Yeah. I think this is the first animated film we've done. Yes, and what a beautiful animated film it is, Stu. It looks incredible, oh, crazy. Um, it's the same guy that did The Secret of Kells, direct- directed by Thomas More, and like the same anim- animation house in Ireland, and it- it's quite a distinct kind of style that they have it's kind of like um it's very colorful it's very kind of inspired by paintings i, I even like the perspective in it like where you see kilkenny city it, oh it's, yeah it's yeah. really out of 
paintings at this at the time like yeah you know like it's it's not even that it's out of paintings it's out of those paintings before people knew how to draw perspective so you have those really old paintings where like everything's the wrong size and it really looks flat but you still kind of get a little bit of 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 the size of it and scope of it but like yeah you know the city and it's just yeah stark and everything's regimented it's just lines but it's like it, it almost looks flat like you're looking at a drawn yeah. photo of it rather than seeing it. I think it. what people are going to realise now is myself and Stu certainly aren't um, art critics uh, or even film critics for that matter. But, you no, know... clearly not. I mean, yeah, I think they might have noticed we're not film critics from the <laughs> beginning. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's really, like I knowledge of art is limited to what we... We did like a little bit in history in the, the leaving, leaving certain juniors out about like art history in the sense of talking about it during the renaissance and how paintings and stuff got better so i don't know anyway but yeah it it just looks pretty it's a gorgeous film the use of light in it and like some of the forest scenes is absolutely incredible um like they 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 make the the wolves and like so expressive as well like just through their eyes and things like that it's oh, it's, yeah. it's like fantastic it, it, it's such um i really really enjoy this style of animation like if you've seen the film Secret of Kells, which I which was nominated for an Oscar as well, that came out in about two thousand and nine. It's by the same group of people, the Song of the Sea as well, which is uh, them as well, and it's it's very much inspired by that um, the Disney film Brave, isn't it? Stu? They kind of copied a bit of this as well, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I look watch it if you like, if you're a fan of art kind of styles like that, or even just animation, absolutely watch this. It's a, a beautiful film. Before you even get to the story or anything else, it just looks amazing, and I I just love so much what they did and. You know, it just, it just, you look, you look at all these like old pictures in books, like when we did history in school and things like that. And you see like these old pictures, even of like Limerick of like the same kind of perspective thing, like you have Kilkenny there, because we're, we're uh, a former walled city as well with the castle in the middle. So, it, you know, even there's plenty of pictures of where we live about that. And it just, you know, reminded me of that. And it's just, ah, love it so much. Um, like if just on, just on the animation alone, like that's like 10 on 10 for me. Uh, excellent. Oh, yeah. Like it, it, it just it somehow I I couldn't tell you what mo- what animated movie it is, but it just kind of reminded me of like something that I had watched as a kid, like that kind of nineties yeah. kind of more crisp animation that maybe Disney were doing at the time, uh, and then even you know that when they go into like the the Wolf Walker senses and you get the, these beautiful moments, you know the the scent trails yeah. and everything coming around and the movement. E- even later on, you see. Like I only maybe noticed it later on, but it, uh, I think it's the the dad. Like you can see at times, they ha- still have like the pencil marks in, yeah, as if it was a rough drawing, and it 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 lended to the shape of the character at the time, but it didn't like pull you out as being oh that's a drawing because you can see the pencil marks yeah. of like the circles where his thighs would be or whatever it is. It's great, like as well. I, it, it's a weird thing, but like the way they get hair in this film is quite interesting. Like it's 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 oh, used yeah. as it's, it's used as like an expressive thing, and it's it's um you see your one Robin when she like takes off her I don't I don't know the correct term for what she's wearing a, a bonnet or whatever like a yeah, yeah bonnet probably or bonnet something or something like, something like that and like her hair is like beautiful blonde hair is like kind of you know you know in the wind like that it, it's just such a really well done expressive thing like and you you see it like with um. Maeve as well, the, the yeah, Walker, and you know, even I like how the Lord Protector like always wears his hat, and even like you, you even see like scenes from his perspective, like through the 
the, the, the mesh on his face. Like it's really, really good. Like, cause it cuts like first person perspectives as well. And third person, like the, the animation is so fluid as well. Like where the, uh, Robin as the wolf is like jumping across all the things and they're shooting at her and the way it cuts, it's just excellent. done in the shadows yeah, as I well. Think- Oh God, it just looks so beautiful. I <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, talking with the hair, I, I just loved it when uh, when Maeve was moving around, but you could like see her from the back, yeah. and it was just a shock of red hair just kind of moving as as its own thing. Like you couldn't see her yeah. at all. It was just the hair jumping around the place. Uh, just absolutely fantastic the way they they thought through everything and really almost made its own art style out of the movie. Oh, it's very, like, it, it's very much their own, like, they have kind of their own style. And that that's that's a great thing to have. Like, you know, like, Disney used to have their own style in, like, the 60s to the 90s. And yeah. Warner Brothers would have theirs. Like, was, was it, um, who what was the other? It was a studio, Gimli or something like that. They The other kind of one, they had their own. Gimli here. Yeah, Ghibli. yeah. You know, you know what I mean? They had, had a, a style that was different out of yeah. that as well. Um. So you could just look at a cartoon and kind of know who made it, sort sort of a thing. And and this is very much the same case. It just looks so different from really anything else, and it's great for that. Yeah. So we'll jump into a bit of the cast anyway. So I mean, the the two young girls, Robin and Maeve. I mean, they're both played by yeah. kids, which isn't always very common in movies, but it really it really added to it here. You had uh, Honor Neefsey as Robin Goodfellow, and then. Eva Whitaker as Maeve Og McTeer. Yep. So like you really, you know, it, it's one of those strange things like, you know, you, obviously we both love The Simpsons, but hearing, uh, what is it, Nancy Cartwright voice. and um, yeah, you know, it, it, it's just kind of you, like you're used to it now, but it is strange. But then hearing an actual child do the voice works way, way better. I think it's like they they're they get a lot across. Like obviously in in animation, like it's it's just voice acting really. But they get a, a lot across. And I think particularly the girl who plays Maeve, Eva or Eva. Uh, God, she's great in this film. She just has this very kind of playful Irish kind of accent. And like she almost like stumbles over words with excitement at times. And yeah, you know, when it, like she's trying to revive her mother, then towards the end, you know, puts so much expression in her voice. And I think Europe is Robin as well. Jesus, she's fantastic. You know, I, I just like the subtle kind of northern English accent that she had that that matches perfectly to Sean Beans, who plays her father. Um, it, yeah, it's, exactly. like, it's, it's it, this was so well cast, and um, the two the two female leads they're just great in this. Like it 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 has that kind of childhood innocence that you kind of need, and a childhood playfulness that I suppose it just comes across as so much more genuine with this. Like, I think it, it, it matches the art style in kind of a way with that, that kind of childhood innocence, that childhood need for adventure and questions and kind of questioning what's going on here and, and want to look around. It just pairs together so well with their voices because of that and the, the, the emotion they put into it. So I, she's a phenomenal job in casting here, I think. Oh yeah. I mean, like the, the fact that they, well, obviously they're based in, in Ireland yep. I think it's in Kilkenny, yep. which is where the movie is set in 1650. So well before we were out of wolves. Um, but, you know, they did some great casting, even like the smaller roles. Uh, Tommy Tiernan yep. is in there. He plays Sean Og, the, the guy who gets put in the yep. stockade. And John Kenny. Uh, John yep. Kenny is one of the other woodcutters and uh, and so on. Like the, There's a good few people that you just, you kind of hear their voice. I recognize that yep. from somewhere. Like uh, Sean Bean is like Ozzy playing her father, good fellow, and he's he, the wolf hunter basically, and he's he's doing a great job. Um, like he, I love like he's he's basically doing his real voice for this because like he's not putting on more of a 
affected kind of upper class English accent. He's just got the natural kind of accent coming through and it just it just kind of works better for this film. You know, it's it seems more kind of genuine and he's he, he gets across like a lot of emotion um, t- towards his daughter in this film. And um, even just kind of, um, uh, you know, caring kind of a way, sternness almost in his voice. It, it's just very well done. And also Maria Doyle Kennedy is doing um, is doing Mal, who's the, the mother as well. I just mentioned her. She's a very good singer songwriter in Ireland. And uh, she was also in Father Ted. Oh, great. So I'll read out just a little summary of the movie before we jump into some proper chats. So a young apprentice hunter and her father journey to Ireland to help wipe out the last wolf pack. But everything changes when she befriends a free-spirited girl from a mysterious tribe rumoured to transform into wolves by night. She's about as precise as you can get. Yeah, it's an interesting idea for a villain. Like, I know it's based on an Irish story, like the wolves of... Um... Muller or something Ossery. like that. Ossery. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So it, it, it is based on uh, an old Irish story. Yeah. So like we'll jump, we'll we'll talk about that for a bit, I suppose, because the interesting thing is the old Ossery was an old kingdom of Ireland based in Kilkenny. So I think a few of the people who work in the, the, the animation studio in Kilkenny, like born there, grew up there. So they'd been hearing about this their whole lives. And so that obviously provided the inspiration for the movie. But I think one of the, the interesting differences between the 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 werewolves of Ossery story to other werewolves is what they put into the movie, where rather than a human physically transforming into a wolf, they kind of it's it's almost the the wolf astral projects out of them and becomes a physical entity. Yeah, I don't know how you'd really say it. It, it's just it's kind of like in Jackie Chan Adventures, Stu, or what was the talisman that they that they have. Um, <laughs> What's the talisman that makes you project out? It wasn't the rat, was it? No, it wasn't the rat. Was it the bird one? No. Anyway, whatever that talisman was, imagine that, but like you you actually have sort of physical wolf body as well. Yeah, so you kind of, you fall asleep and the wolf projects out of you and then you leave your body behind and you go off as the wolf, which I think like I'd never really heard of it being done that way. It's always, you know, a la American Werewolf in London, you have this graphic transformation yeah. where the hair comes out of you and the claws and the teeth and your face changes. Yeah. So seeing this much kind of almost more peaceful way of doing it, you just fall asleep and then you have the whole nighttime to run around as a wolf is a a, a great different approach to it. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was, it's an interesting enough idea. I hadn't really heard this story before. I mean, you know, you hear like, fairy tales and you're younger about kind of wolves like this and stuff like that and people that can turn into like I think they even mentioned like the Selkies in the film don't they at one point the shapeshifter which we yeah. were in um, Secret of Rowan Inish but uh, yeah I, I, it's a really kind of nice idea that the whole idea you know, about when you go to sleep you turn into a wolf and how it you know there's there's like two sides to you the wolf side and the human side and all this and it's, I, I really liked it it's an interesting enough idea and it was done very well oh yeah and, and you know controlling the wolves with the howl and everything it really just worked well especially since uh in my bit of research on wolves in ireland you know uh in like myth and legend wolves were like so important you know you have Coo Colin and things like that where wolves were always kind of a part of it i know at one point uh there were ancient irish warriors who would like wear the pelts of wolves and they kind of acted like wolves as part of you know similar to um what's the the viking kind of crazy lads who berserkers like drink mushroom the berserkers that's the one similar to that where they were like 
animating themselves like wolves it's kind of in a similar to like tiger style kung fu or whatever the irish had their wolf style uh i just think of that bloody song from um you know clerks you know, the berserkers <laughs> <laughs> all right back on track Rob. Come on, back on track <laughs> got that stuck in my bloody head <laughs> Um, yeah, but it, it, it's it, you know, the wolves are very central to this film, as, as we were kind of talking about earlier, how they're extinct, and it, it portrays that kind of accurately enough. Like Cromwell, whether it, like it's like the Lord Protector, it's probably supposed to be Cromwell in the film. We were kind of talking a bit before we started recording whether that is Cromwell or not, because it's a bit unclear. I think it is. It clearly depicts him, but you know, it gets across the point well about like there's a wolf hunter there, there he's trying to hunt down the wolves at traps and things like that. Eventually there's like, right, screw the subtlety, there was a wolf in town, burn the forests down while they're chopping it down to make farmland and start blowing chunks out of it with a cannon. It it you know, it it really kind of goes to the extreme of you know proving like wiping out these wolves and things like that. Yeah, I mean it it does get crazy, especially when uh later on in the film Robin is Running along the rooftops, and she gets caught, and her father's like trying to kill her. Yeah, Jesus, that's uh, a, you know, you know, just yeah, like it's heartbreaking when you know both sides. Yeah, but he's just off trying to 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 do his job, especially since the Lord Protector was putting so much pressure on him. Oh yeah, like but then this is this film is like it's like wow, the English are like really really evil in this film, but it's like it's Oliver Cromwell, so like yeah, that's that's entirely fair. He was a monster, particularly in Ireland. Yeah, like that that was one of the the interesting parts about the movie is kind of their portrayal of the English, and it's like it was hard to say whether they were entirely anti them or they you know like clearly they're the villains in this. Yeah. But it's, you know, the the Cromwell Lord Protector, like he's so terrible. And then you just have all of these other guys who are completely ineffectual. You know, they're always sleeping yeah. at their at their guard posts and stuff. And I mean, even I wanted to mention like that gate to get them in and out of town that, they, you know, protecting yeah. the, the gates. That's useless. I mean, if a wolf can get in and a small child can climb out, what's even the point of it? Well, I think the guards are supposed to be awake. To, to keep an eye on it as well. <laughs> you if they were doing so. their job it'd be like oh there's a small child climbing over the gate I better go take a look at that what are you doing it's like I will just hop over the gate I got it though good man yeah it kind of just shows like the Lord Protector a la Cromwell I'm gonna probably call him Cromwell now like ruling through explicit fear and like he's just like puts a guy in the stocks for like talking about him when you know when he's you know he's there and all this and yeah like Cromwell wasn't a nice man yeah well that would definitely be accurate oh yeah no Cromwell was not a nice man he was a crazy puritanical uh Christian who you know effectively committed genocide in Ireland I mean that's not that's not one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare that's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I beat around the bush here. 
what he did to Ireland and its people is monstrous. And he, you know, it still irks me quite a lot that some English people like still hold him up as a great leader. Like, oh, because like, oh, he just like took down the monarchy and he created a republic and everything was grand. And they put a statue of him outside Parliament. I was like, yeah, but Jesus, what he did to Ireland. I mean, how can you sleep at night and support him? You know, if you just don't know about yeah that. But um, I suppose. I suppose similar vein to Churchill himself as well, but we won't we, get into oh, that today. Oh, we're not today. getting into that today, yeah. But I, I suppose to give a brief... But yeah, I think it sets up a lot of the, the things very well, really quickly. Because before even uh, Robin and her father get to town, you have that little scene where the wolves are coming yeah. out. And it's like, you can see they're they're chopping down the forest, which of course did happen. Ireland was almost entirely forest, no, forested in the past. So they're chopping it down, encroaching on the wolves' territory, and they're kind of coming out. An attack and your man played by Tommy Tiernan, uh, Sean yep. Og. And then the, the wolf walker mother and daughter come out, stop the wolves and heal the like scratch marks on his chest. So you're kind of getting a lot of information like the wolf walkers control the wolves and they also have these healing abilities. So it goes very quick in terms of just setting up where you are and what's happening, which is quite good because the rest of the film is just fantastic. And so having that bit of knowledge from the beginning works really well yeah it's uh it, it establishes it quite well you can like, see that the wolves aren't you know they're not bad and it's easy the, the wolf hawker healing him and having powers and things like that so yeah it, it gets across it quite well and sets it up and it gives you like a bit of intrigue it's like oh what's a what's a wolf hawker they, they clearly have magical powers and the wolves seem to like them because they're quite aggressive creatures so what's what's going on here yeah um what else we have we also have a, the the other main character of course merlin the bird uh, Robin's little falcon, yep. which is a you know a great little side character that I think is probably you know very much in the vein of Disney. They always have the animal yep. friend. Was it? Um, I'm trying to think. Was it in? Um, what's that game called? Shadow of the Colossus. You know, the, you have, I know you have the horse Agro, but doesn't he have a bird as well that he uses to see? Or am I thinking of a different video game? Anyway, never mind. Uh, possibly yeah. no. I don't think I've played it. But uh, you know, like it was you know a great cute little character. I mean, he gets injured at one point. Basically, Robin's fault. But uh, you know, Wolf Walkers heal him and stuff. You know, just it, it was strange. Like clearly, the Wolf Walkers can also speak to birds. Yeah, because isn't it? Robin sends him away away to to tell Maeve that she can't come or what's happening, and just like she's having this conversation with a bird. And now we're just getting the tweets. Yeah, I think it's just the whole thing. Like they're able to kind of communicate with nature and other animals. Quite kind of you know. I think the other wolves are actually just wolves. Um, only they can like talk. Yeah. The, the wolf walkers are the only ones that can talk, but they can certainly command the wolves and they understand each other, things like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you could say in that case, you know, if the wolf walkers could talk to the birds, was uh, Ireland invented Twitter. But... <laughs> hey oh, tweet, tweet. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you get some uh, some good bits of Irishness in there. Not a whole lot. I mean, obviously, you know, this is, what, 500 years ago. Yeah. So we're not going to be able to recognize too much but uh, one thing I don't think we uh, we'd mentioned before is periwinkles. No, I don't know which, if they uh, did. They're selling at one yeah. point. Kind of basically Irish escargot that you get down the near a beach off a stall, basically, and you just get a bag of it, and they give you a little pin to eat them with. Yeah, I mean, it's not even down by the beach. I mean, you know, uh, high of summer, even oh, in yeah, the city right. yeah. here, you'll have people up on some of the main streets selling bags of periwinkles. So it, it's quite common. Uh, definitely not as fancy uh, as French escargot. No, but, it, uh, 
we get a we, we get it's our quite, it's quite a particularly because to, to bring up Kilkee again for the millionth time it, it, it's quite common down there there's like literally two stalls that are just in the on the road at two points near the, by the beach that you just get them from and it's like the two families that run them and you know it's quite a common thing in the summer yeah um i was trying to kind of struggling to find other things there's a lot of little bits of language that they use i know um i think someone says sweet mother divine which is kind of a common yeah. thing you'd hear people saying here as well there are one or two other similar phrases that would definitely be in the Irish lexicon. Yeah, I, I suppose it is. I mean, they're, they're not speaking Irish, but I think that there's, there's that's kind of maybe a point because they're in like Kilkenny, a city, and the English are there now, and they certainly, you know, would not be uh, terribly fond of us expressing our language, culture, or any other aspect of that unless, you know, we get sent to a small island to be, uh, you know... <laughs> Are killed so yeah that, i think i think it's yeah. fine that they're speaking english i don't think there's anything particularly wrong with that in terms of historical accuracy at the time uh but yeah i think it just kind of gets across sort of a nice feeling of kind of an irish town almost at points but um yeah it doesn't lean too heavily into the irishness i suppose but that's it, it's more about kind of irish folklore as opposed to actual irish culture and everything at the time so i think that's fair like you, you learn about Ireland's history at the Wolves and that Cromwell bad. So I think it, it's not in, in, not an inaccurate portrayal of history. Yeah, that's all you need to know is Cromwell yeah, bad. It's like... <laughs> uh, I think at one point Sean, Sean Ogue invokes St. Patrick. Yeah. When he's talking he to, to her. Yeah, that, that was, was uh, funny considering our last three episodes. Almost like we've landed. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but the the other thing I suppose that I uh, wanted to query you on is that, you know, they have the, the Wolfwalkers cave and there's loads of cave paintings in there. I haven't heard much about cave paintings in Ireland. I mean, I'm sure there probably must be something, but uh, you know, they had that beautifully did, drawn yeah. cave, and they just had they had all the kind of the wolf drawings and people, and basically like explaining the whole Wolfwalker history. But uh, I don't think I, I know much about cave paintings in Ireland as a whole. Um, not that I'm entirely aware of, Steve. To be honest with you, I um I can't really think off the top of my head any instances of Irish cave paintings like the only kind of caves we'd really know would be like you know the up up in the burn that we talked about before but they they weren't really inhabited in that sense um no I can't really think I'm not so sure I think Ireland might have been inhabited later than when that happened um you know people from the continent or whatever so yeah I, I don't really think we have cave paintings in that context um yeah, we have old Oam stones, as we said before. I think that's probably the equivalent you'd, you'd probably get of it. I suppose that's close enough. So we'll talk a bit more about the, the Lord Protector because you know, he kind of he's yeah. integral through through the story. So he, what's it? Um, Maeve's mother went off to try to find a new forest yeah. for them to live in because of the encroachment of the people from the, the town. What is it that she called the town again? Well, it's it's Kilkenny, is, isn't it? Is it? No, no, but uh, doesn't uh, doesn't Maeve have like a, a word for it because it smells? I can't remember what she, yeah, she calls it. I can't it. remember, unfortunately. But um, yeah, so I, I suppose to give a little bit of historical context of where Ireland was in 1650 when this is set. All right, so Cromwell is there as Lord Protector. So the, in in a nutshell, there's quite quite a lot to get through here. Ireland at the time, 1641, there was a rebellion against the the English because things were a bit complicated over in England at the time. The king at the time in England uh, was Charles I, and he was getting in a few fights with Parliament, who were trying to get more powers off the king, and he would just be like, oh, I'm just going to dismiss Parliament, and 
ruled by myself for a long time. But then Parliament were the only ones that had the power to to raise taxes and things like that. So eventually he was like, oh, I'm fighting a few wars here and I need to raise taxes to bring back Parliament. Then they would try to pass a bunch of other laws and he's like, oh, not really too fond of that. I'll just dismiss them and run it again. And he eventually had quite a lot of fights between Parliament and that. And there were other religious issues as well. He was annoying the Scottish who didn't want to have bishops imposed on him in the Church of Scotland and keep a Presbyterian idea there and there were parliamentarians as well who were being dominated by the puritans the very what you call evangelical protestants now very kind of crazy guys the irish were rebelling as well um they set up the federation of kilkenny in ireland is what it was known or the irish confederacy which was kind of a bunch of uh catholic nobles and other kind of people getting together being like yeah let's kind of get the english out but you know try and rule ourselves so they did that for a little bit they fought literally everyone (laughs) They managed to get control of some of the country. They had a ceasefire with the royalists. Unfortunately, then the royalists and uh, parliamentarians uh, got into the English Civil War. And uh, that didn't go too well for Charles I because he got his head chopped off in 1649. And Cromwell didn't make himself king's do. He just gave himself the title of Lord Protector and the style of his majesty. And eventually Parliament did offer him the crown. He was like, nah, I'll, I'll just be Lord Protector, but give myself even more powers. And they're like, grand. So... In in this point, the Irish Confederacy has been defeated. Uh, Cromwell and his army have come over to sort out Ireland. Basically, they're they're not fans of Catholicism. They're really p- uh, crazy puritanical Protestants. They you know they ban celebrating Christmas, giving gifts, um, things like that. They're looking to really wipe out Irish culture and just have Ireland become part of England in, in that sense. And yeah, they're as you can see in the film, he treats people very brutally. That is very accurate. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, you get a, you get him at one point. He says, uh, "This wild land must be civilized." Yep. And like at the time, he's clearly talking about the wolves and the wolf walkers, but you can also tell that he's kind of just talking about Ireland as a whole. Yeah, I, I, I that, that that's very true. I, I think um, it even kind of goes beyond that. Some of the laws that Cromwell passed here were like you know Irish people native irish weren't allowed to have like any weapons or we we had to leave certain parts of ireland like we weren't allowed to be near a river or near some large towns uh they he sent a load of people out west that rebelled against him to, to connacht um which at the time was very underdeveloped kind of farmland he was trying to make everyone into a farmer that was against even people that didn't know how to the famous line to hell or connacht was um what well, was said to people you know either you go to connacht or we're going to kill you and then, like, he sent off Irish's indentured servants to parts of um, other islands like Barbados, which is why, uh, like, Barbados and Montserrat have, like, Irish populations there and celebrate St. Patrick's Day and a bunch of other things. And, yeah, so it, it, it was not a fun time for to be Irish in this country um, around then. Yeah. So as the movie goes on, um, we find out that Maeve's mother went to find the forest for them to live in. Uh, but... What happened was the Lord Protector had actually captured her and is keeping her in his castle in the middle of Kilkenny. Yep. I think it's a Robin kind of accidentally finds out that she's there when she's working in the scullery, which is another terrible part of life at the time where she's just expected to work in the yeah, scullery in the castle, yep. clean the place. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, terrible shit, uh, especially when you're doing it for the the Lord Protector a man who's clearly a dickhead. Oh yeah, I mean, like, you know, he's just such an unlikable prick in in this film, which is grand because if they tried to rehabilitate Cromwell. I would have been quite angry. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, 
you know, they're, they're, they're really against him there. And, it, you know, it, it's funny in a way because, you know, they, they do play up his his uh, religious beliefs a lot. Yeah. I was like, does that make the film pro-pagan? I don't think strictly pro-pagan. The Irish wouldn't have been unchristian at the time. Um, I know, but it just in, in the sense, like, you know, against the Wolfwalkers specifically, which would definitely have been pagan rather think than Christian. more anti-Puritan, I would have said. Anti, you know... Cromwell and all the shit that he has, I, as opposed to I think anti-Christian strictly. I think a lot, like 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 even said like your man invoking Saint Patrick and things like that. They're obviously still religious, so I I think it's more a case of keep to Irish beliefs, a la Catholicism and our language and our culture, as opposed to um, English Puritan beliefs. Yeah. So thankfully, uh, the Lord Protector meets a. Just a horrific end, kind of at his own hand. Really. He basically kills himself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. like in in this in this timeline, Stu Cromwell must die then in sixteen fifty, and eight years before he does. And what the hell happens then? <laughs> I'm just like, we have a free Ireland, Rob. That's what happens then. Everyone celebrates. I'm just thinking. Wait a minute. If, if this is like turned into like an alternate history thing now, it's like Cromwell died now. It's like, does his son? Uh, Richard become Lord Protector earlier because like he he was a terrible Lord Protector. Oh yeah, it's also like not a monarchy against you, you know. Like just because after Cromwell died, his son automatically became Lord Protector. That's just a coincidence. It's not not a monarchy. No, 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 not no. a monarchy. Uh, he was called a surprise. He was called sure. Tumble Down Dick. He was a, a, a very bad at his job. He didn't have the the army didn't really trust him and like him. The Scottish didn't like him. The Irish were like, "We're get the hell out of our country." Um, so the, everyone kind of got together. It was like. Yeah, this this whole Republican thing hasn't really worked out. Um, it's just like Charles II is like, sorry about chopping your father's head off there and all that. We kind of got a bit carried away. Would you like to come back and be king and we'll 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 pretend none of this happened? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that would have been. I suppose happens. another one of the the characters who has a really great arc throughout it is Bill Robin's yeah. father. Is he really like you don't? It's not told specifically, but you know. Something happened to their mother back in England. He moves over here with Robin to try to protect her from the wildness of life. Maybe it was something that happened in that war you were talking about. But, you know, he's like struggling to keep her safe. And, you know, he's like, stay in the house. And then, of course, the the Lord Protector catches her and she's sent off to the scullery. But, like, he's really struggling throughout the whole thing. She or he believes that she has like this wild imagination and she thinks that she's met a wolf walker and stuff. He just struggles throughout the whole thing, trying to protect her the way he sees best, which is fine. But with her kind of pushing back in the sense that 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 was just the beliefs at the time and everything else. And he's terrified of the Lord protector. And it it kind of shows interesting aspect as well. Like he doesn't respect the Lord protector. He's just scared of him. And like, he's just like, Oh, if he like, and he's worried about like his, his, you know, his daughter, his world basically wants to protect her from him, which is, you know, says a lot about how the you know Cromwell ruled like through fear and intimidation oh yeah definitely and you know it's it, like it it becomes a lovely story by the end because he sees her her become a wolf walker and then spoiling it as we always do it happens to him he gets bitten as well turns into a massive wolf and he becomes oh yeah he was huge absolutely enormous and he's the one who kills the Lord Protector based basically just uh Holding him over a batters him yeah. a waterfall into some very sharp rocks, uh, but you know that's where you get like s- some of the lovely scenes, like him kind of realizing that he has to trust his daughter and let her do her thing. Yeah, and and fair enough. Um, 
all all is good there. And at the end, he gets his happy story because I, I was immediately thinking as soon as I saw Maeve's mother um, is like he's like, oh, you don't have a father. He's like, gee, I wonder where this is gonna go. You're gonna become like step. Yeah, yeah. It was... it, it, I mean, it's nice. It's just it's a bit predictable, but I don't mean that in a bad way. It, it's very sweet when it happens, but it's just like. Come on, yeah, it's going to happen. All you can say is it's basically Disney. It, it's yeah. as Disney as it gets where, you know, a, a, a widower father and a, a widowed mother, their children become friends and then they yeah. marry or whatever happens and they're off in their cart with the wolves at the end, which, like, it was a sweet ending. It really was. It's sweet. It's a sweet ending. It is. I, I think it's quite nice because all, they all have the wolf powers now so they can, you know, the, 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 the Cromwell is dead. You know, the hopefully Irish Confederacy comes back with this wolf army that they have. Yeah. Uh, one other thing that I just spotted there that I found just in like just a strange thing to have in the movie, but obviously you know it's you know fantasy and you make it up as you go along. Yeah. But just when Robin keeps loading a, a crossbow and it's like, don't they take like enormous force? I know, like the father. I don't think on, it's a proper crossbow. I know, yeah, but like it's a, a nitpick. It goes through the door though. Like it goes like she yeah. shoots the the thing at the wolf at the start. Like that goes through the goddamn thick wooden door. It's like how much force did you fire into that like it's you know yeah because isn't it like you know historically crossbows like a fully grown man would need like an extra instrument to even you know uh, pull the string back because of how tough they are to load like they have you know like a hundred pounds of force or something crazy like that yes maybe she's just incredibly strong she's strong (laughs) as a wolf there you go even before she's bitten by a wolf she has the strength Uh, of 10 wolves Whenever, whenever you see that, a selkie did it. <laughs> oh, you got me there. You got me there. I want to say something briefly, Stu, and maybe I'm maybe I'm misreading this, and you know I'm I'm wrong here. Like I do know this is an Irish made and produced film and uh, Irish actors, but do you get like a little hint of the whole what would have been the kind of white savior complex out of this? Like the Irish can't fix their own problem; it has to be like an English person to do it. You know, cu- cu- you know, similar to like the whole Pocahontas or um, Tarzan or things like that. Almost, it has to be like the white English person has to come and save the the noble savage Irish. You know, like I see where you're coming from. I, I didn't get that from my viewing of it now, but that you say it, I suppose it is there to an extent. Um, like I'm not attacking the film for that. I really, really enjoyed this film. I know it's like Irish made and everything else. It's yeah, it, it like, but we're talking about tropes and films a little bit, which is what we do. And it's not strictly an Irish trope, but in in kind of a sense, it is. And I, I, you know, maybe I'm reading too much into. It. I know generally it's not. You wouldn't really apply it to Ireland, but it kind of is. You know, like the the civilized English person that kind of goes native in a certain sense, and then uh, with their know how. And particular, you know, because, oh, you have to, like, I was like, oh, I'm going to become Irish now. There's like, you need to use a little bit of my skills I've learned. And obviously, I'll lead the charge with the wolves at the end uh, against the English and then save you from them because, you know, you couldn't do it yourself kind of a thing. So maybe a hint, but, like, I, I don't think it takes away from the film. I just got a little bit of a feeling about that. It's like, you know, I, I'm not saying, like, all the English are bad in this film. They're they're clearly not. Like it's just The Lord Protector is, but... um. Yeah, I, I I just got a bit of a feeling of that and said I'd mention it and just, you know, get it out there. Yeah, like, no, I do see where you're coming from with it. And I think it could definitely be interpreted that way. Um, I mean, I would hope that it, it's not necessarily that. Uh, I suppose if you put a, a different spin on it, you could say that, you know, the Irish needed help. And it just took a good person to kind of 
come in there and do that to help them. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, I, I, I think that's that's kind of it. And it's, I, I suppose that's one way of looking at it. The other is kind of they're using a child from England to kind of be like the representative of the audience and experience this all firsthand and ask the questions that we as the audience yeah. who wouldn't be familiar with this, this, these aspects, you know, become aware of. Yeah, I would I, I would hope it's a, a much nicer thing than just a white savior narrative anyway. Um yeah, fair enough. I might be I might be wrong, you know, by 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 all means I might be wrong there. Yeah, I think uh what did you think of the 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 angry little shits that were running around Kilkenny City? Nothing has changed too from what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> um I've actually never been to Kilkenny as surprise well I Technically, briefly been there on a bus to to Waterford, but um, anyway, probably should have got off in Kilkenny. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't go to Waterford. Sorry, Waterford, but just no. <laughs> oh, we can't um, say that on this podcast. We love all <laughs> parts of Ireland. I love like when we we eventually do the 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 one where like we're, we're going to go through like every county in Ireland. We're just going to get to Waterford. I'm just going to give out for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> It's not the monster. only co- not the only county I don't like, by the way. So don't worry. We're going to do to start complaining about Limerick. Limerick people are the worst. I hate them. Terrible. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well, no, it's like Cork City. Well, Jesus, do Ireland's toilets? I <laughs> got that. <laughs> I won't. I'm going to send that straight to Cork. Well, yeah, send it to Cork. I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> they can come uh, here eventually. I mean, we have friends from Cork. I mean, yeah, you know, they're probably listening to this, and they're probably <laughs> not from Cork City, though. So that's fine. <laughs> um, oh, anyway, enough, here, enough, enough, enough attacking various uh, places in Ireland. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, the, the angry little shits in uh, in yeah, Kilkenny. Yeah. Like it was. I suppose thinking back on it, it was kind of one of the parts that you could have probably done without. I mean, it was funny at times, you know. Uh, when Robin uh, shoots down the English flag and they start taunting the, the guards and run off with it. That was pretty funny. Yeah, I just felt that the, those scenes were a bit unnecessary. Like they didn't, I thought they were going to go somewhere and they didn't. Um, it's just kind of showing. Tiny bit of padding. Themselves. Yeah, it kind of gets across. Oh, like everyone, even the kids like don't like wolves and they just, you know, they're, they're not being supportive of it at all. But it's like grand but like i just felt it was a bit unnecessary like maybe it's a scene for like little kids to watch because this is a kids film i suppose so maybe it's more for them show it to your niece do and see what she thinks <laughs> uh, she does not have the attention span to watch a movie it's tiktok and youtube all the way yeah do you like youtube so that's fair enough yeah um but yeah no it was just you know i suppose they had their uses later on when mave's mother is in the the town square and Robin uses them to kind of catch her and keep her in a cage for a few minutes, which was another terrible little scene. Heartbreak and watching her trying to save her mother uh, while the Lord Protector is like pulling her out with the massive chains and yeah. the muzzle on. It's awful. Really, really awful. Um, but um, everything works out in the end, thankfully. They, they, there was a happy ending, thankfully. Yeah, as we said. But yeah, no, it's definitely a movie that uh, at times. Tugs on the, the last few emotions we still have, Rob. Yeah, despite this never-ending lockdown, you're right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm um, pretty much out of things. Do you have anything else? 
No, I did just to, to, to say, I don't know, about Kilkenny. Never been there. It's called Kilkenny City. Uh, it's not technically a city. They were given permission to call themselves a city, even though they, they no longer are. Um, it's going to annoy a few people, but yeah, deal with it. It's not a city. So I will definitely, as should be no surprise to anyone, give this a crock of gold. I absolutely loved it. The animation style is amazing. I mean, even just look up a YouTube video because to, to see what it looks like, because it is phenomenal. Um, the story itself was great. I love that it was actually based on uh, a, a mythological story from Irish history that uh, led me to read something else. I learned a bit more about Ireland. Didn't know about the Wolves of Ossery before that. Uh, that the characters were were another fantastic part of this. Um, you really kind of feel for them so much throughout the movie. And I think, what more can I say? Fantastic movie, Crack of Gold. Yeah, uh, Crock Gold here as well. Really, really enjoyed it. Fantastic film. Um, look, it's just it's just such a heartwarming film at times. It's got kind of the your standard kind of happy ending tropes and things like that. But it's a very fun journey to, to get there. I, I really love the the animation. It's just fantastic in this. Um, I think we talked about it enough. But um, yeah, would highly, highly recommend it. It, it. Not even just from like an Irish culture perspective, but just as a good kind of kids fairy tale film. It, it's just brilliant. Yeah. So next week. Do you have a report ready for us, Rob, or will we keep that secret for now? It's a secret, Stu. Yes, but is, is it ready for next week? No. Um, I, I, All right, never very, very busy, very busy with college at the moment. Um, oh, that's fine. The week so after. next week, we will be doing one that I've kept in my back pocket for a while. The Luck of the Irish. Is, is, that, be... like, is that the the Irish superhero who's like... Um... Skill is like superpowers, like good luck. Are you thinking of something else? No, unfortunately, it isn't. This is the 2001 film where I think a kid turns into a leprechaun or something due to a curse. Oh, God, so, this is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so this is going to be one of the, one of the real bad ones that we get, we get to watch, Excellent. which means that we'll rip it apart. Oh, I'm looking forward to that, Stu. Um, yeah, thanks for listening anyway, guys. Um, if you've enjoyed us, um, yeah, tell, tell a friend about it by all means and subscribe. Uh, if you have any feedback you'd like to give us, any suggestions for movies, TV shows, probably not books. I don't think we, we quite have the time to, to do that. But anything that no. you really feel has kind of portrayals of Irish characters or culture in it, uh, give us a shout. You can reach us on Twitter at BlarneyPod or email us at TalkingBlarneyPod at gmail.com. Uh, for me, it is goodbye. Sloan, and we'll see you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 